Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of, you guessed it, Not Overthinking. Ali, what's going on? Oh man, not much. Had like four days of long days at work. So, you know, that thing of waking up at six, uh, getting up at, uh, so, uh, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going to this, but like basically waking up at half six, getting home at half ten, repeating the process. I feel like, I feel like even last time we, we recorded yeah. the episode, I was kind of coming off a string of these and yeah. I was like having a little whine about. <laughs> yeah, you literally don't stop going on about this. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of counting down the days until August where I'm going to be unemployed. Um what about you? What's going on in, in life as a self-employed dude? Dude, I'm still ill. I've been, I've had this cold for like over two weeks now. It sucks. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Mm. Um, so that there's that. I thought we'd, uh, I thought we'd start this podcast uh, episode by having a little chat about the podcast in general. I think we, we do this, I don't know, maybe every couple of months we end up doing this. Yeah, when we're in a slump. But before we do that, <laughs> who is the sponsor for this week's episode, Tamil? Ah, good question. This week's episode is sponsored by none other than Skillshare. Skillshare is the best way to teach yourself anything online. They have a ton of uh, ton of online classes. I've done a, you've done a bunch of Skillshare classes. I've done a bunch of Skillshare classes. So some of my favorite ones are uh, a dude called Thomas Frank, who I, I go on about all the time. He's a big productivity YouTuber. Um, he has a class on uh, productivity fundamentals, like how to build your own productivity system, which I really liked. Uh, and recently, I think like last month, he released a class about habit formation, which I was watching in bed on my phone while eating a burger uh, takeaway and thinking, oh, I, re- I really should form some better habits. Um, and there's a few others that I've taken over the yeah, so John Olson, John Olson is like this uh, big YouTuber Instagram guy who takes absolute bangers on Instagram. He's got this whole online class on how to take good photos for Instagram, which I took a lot of inspiration from. And Brandon Wolfel, who's one of my favorite Instagram photographers, he, he, he posts like amazing Instagram grids of like really pretty girls, but like with sick lighting and like really cool neon effect and all, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I look at, I look at it for the lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the neon lights, the fairy lights, all of that stuff. So he's got, he's got, uh, he's got a class on Skillshare, Skillshare original actually, about how to, how to take these sorts of photos and how to get in contact with these sorts of girls. So um, I found that to be quite helpful as well. Um, so because Skillshare is sponsoring this uh, this episode, if you're interested in learning stuff online, you can sign up for a free two-month free trial of Skillshare by going to skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking. Um, and then after your trial's up, an annual subscription is like less than $10 a month. And for that, you get access to thousands of classes on covering literally everything from like design, creativity, cooking, photography, video editing, all sorts of stuff. You can even check out my own class on video editing uh, if, you, if you like, if you want to become like a YouTuber or something like that. So yeah, thanks Skillshare. Skillshare.com slash not overthinking. Good way to learn new stuff in the new year. How was that as a plug? Yeah, that was a good plug. I think it, I think it, get, it always gets a bit rambly when you start going on about your class. I think ending it before that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want people to watch my class because the way Skillshare works is that if people watch like a, a, every minute of my class that someone watches, I make about like two pennies. Really? So if there's enough minutes that rack up, I can, I can, I can make some, some reasonable money off of Skillshare. Dozens of pounds. Dozens. <laughs> Tens of pounds. Sometimes. <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, all right. So podcast. We didn't do an episode last week. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we're in a bit of a slump with this whole podcast thing. And I don't know if that's just me kind of being currently tired right now because you made yourself a cup of tea, but you didn't make me one. Hmm. Well, I think I think I always dread it when it comes around to recording the podcast because we're always scrambling for a topic. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> every week I'm like, okay, this is the week where we have absolutely nothing and everyone stops listening to this. <laughs> you know, every week that goes through my head. And I feel like, I feel like it's a bit like, you know, stuff like going to the gym where you kind of dread it beforehand it's like oh man we have to I have to go to the gym today but like once you're there it's fine yeah so i i think like oftentimes it's like that for me do you know what i mean i know what you mean i think i really used to have this like in the in the early days of the youtube channel where i'd sit down and think okay well i need to get two videos out a week so crap what do i talk about this week um but then over time i sort of built up this sort of content library plus whole list of possible pod- possible video topics which is just like ever expanding now so it's like i've got so many more ideas for videos than i feasibly have the time to actually make yeah so I wonder if that's just a f- for the podcast if we just need to figure out something like that. But then I feel like with the podcast as well, given that it's a because it's always, it's always like a two way discussion, and given that we don't want to do necessarily advice giving you topics all the time, I think we are restricting the amount of topics that we can actually do. Um, I don't know. So I feel like personally, I think I should uh, I should be more more of a an artisan or a, more of a professional when it comes to this because, for example, you know. Like, okay, I'll, I'm reading a bunch of stuff during the week. I have a bunch of thoughts and things. I don't really write them down. Oh, I don't mate. have a way to manage my, like, knowledge and all this, and my notes and my highlights and random clippings and things. Why the hell not? I don't write in a diary before bed, all this kind of stuff. Where, like, I know that my life would be, like, ten times better if I did did these things. Have you taken Tiago's Building a Second Brain course? No, I haven't. Why the hell not? I'll, I'll give you my login details for it. You don't even have to pay for it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Look, I I know that this stuff exists. I know that like... And you've literally got all the time in the world. You control your own schedule. You can wake up whenever you want. You can do what you want in the day. the bottleneck isn't that I haven't done Tiago's Building a Second Brain course. What's the bottleneck? It's just that I'm a a lazy twat, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Okay, no. So the thing is, I think like I do a lot of my reflection in bed. But then when I get into bed, I don't like to have my phone. And so I can't write stuff down. Okay. So what do I do about that? Have a little journal and a pen next to you? Yeah, but then it won't be digitized and I won't be able to like have your iPad that's still a light why do you do your reflection before bed like while you're in bed then well because I get into bed I'm like hmm what a day <laughs> you know <laughs> okay so I think I think yeah, basically my point is part of the remedy I think would be if I mean but you do all this stuff right like you do the daily journaling you highlight all your notes and stuff you have a whole system for everything right yeah but the sort of stuff that I highlight is not uh, why aren't I, you coming up with a new good topic every week then because most of the stuff that I highlight is in is in the in the realm of kind of like business or entrepreneurship or like you know productivity Oh, that that sort of stuff. I don't read books like about transaction analysis yet, and about kind of social socializing and and, and things like that. I did read a, a really good book called Superhuman Social Skills, which, which we can talk about. I've got some good highlights on that. I have. I got that on Kindle recently. Did you tell me to get it? I don't know. I, think, I don't know how I, I got I, it. I think I mentioned it on a, on a podcast episode a few months ago. Oh. Like Tynan. I think I was talking about Tynan and this idea uh, idea for buying an island. He's that. He's that guy. Right. Um, but no, I've got a whole system for this. And but it's like all of the stuff that I listen to is the stuff that is not the theme of this podcast. Is more like if it were a business podcast. How do you, how do you not get bored of that same stuff all the time? I mean, you've been just reading almost exclusively that stuff for a few years now. Yeah. Like it, what what are you getting from it at this point? At this point, what I'm getting from it is information arbitrage, essentially, because okay. because now. Uh, 
basically all the stuff that I consume podcast wise is with a lens of, okay, is this, will this be helpful for me? Sort of either how I think about life in general, which is rare to get those insights now, or, oh, how can I spin this my own way to turn it into a YouTube video that would benefit the masses and like more aimed at students and stuff as opposed to, you know, C-level executives, which some of the podcasts would be aimed at. Right. And so that's kind of the lens that I'm thinking of it as, and which is, and yeah, I agree. Like if I'm, I don't gain much from listening to episode an episode of the Tim Ferriss show anymore, but <laughs> still, <laughs> I still listen to the episode of the, of the Tim Ferriss show. And there are things, for example, in on the podcast Invest Like the Best, that recent episode with, with, with Matt Clifford. That was kind of interesting. That was sick. But there was stuff in that that we're not feasibly going to talk about on this podcast. I mean, apart yeah, from the yeah, ambition sure. thing, which is kind of interesting. Sure, sure. Um, equally, what else do I listen to? Like Bulletproof Radio from by Dave Asprey, which is all about, you know, how to live longer and live healthier and happier and all that yeah. stuff, which, which again is not really the, our, our podcast isn't about, you know, uh, supplements that you can use to, you know, increase your mitochondrial function and therefore live longer. Not until we get sponsored by one exactly. of <laughs> So Dave Asprey, if you're listening to this, <laughs> reach out. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be shilling supplements. <laughs> of the brothers. Incidentally, the, the very first sponsor request I got on YouTube was a supplement. Really? It's called Brain Quicken. <laughs> what the hell does that do? <laughs> it, it was like some weird combination of like caffeine and like loads, like 10 other things. And they were like, oh, we've got a qualified nutritionist that has l said that this is legit. Therefore, you should shill it on your YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, no, man, you know, I'm a doctor. I've got, <laughs> I've got integrity. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that sort I of stuff. I have a wife. <laughs> Um, okay, wait. So, what were we saying? We were talking. So, you consume and listen to and read a lot more random ass stuff than yes. I do. Yeah, but you should diversify, man. I've, I've, I tell you this every day. I agree. I should diversify. Um, you should diversify, and I should be less lazy. Can we okay. agree on that? What, what should I diversify into? I mean, that, that that's the whole point. Not something that I can tell you to. <laughs> like, find some stuff, dude. <laughs> Broaden your mind. Okay. No, I think the, the the lens that you're approaching this is the lens that uh, sort of entrepreneurship business advice is. is is all done now and you've been doing it for three years therefore there's nothing more to gain from it whereas right. i uh, you know fundamentally fundamentally disagree with that especially because now i'm we're in the in the whole business thing i'm approaching a new step which is all about kind of hiring people and scaling and growing right as opposed to the how do you how do you get started bit yeah but look i'm not saying stop doing that stuff look you read a ton of stuff every week like you, like you wrote you had this video about oh how i read 100 books a year yeah, that, that, that was a total lie <laughs> make like two of those books like not business <laughs> books dude <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I want to disagree with you. How many one. how many random PDFs do you read every week? Oh, none. Why? Because I freaking have a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> This is the problem. <laughs> when you're spending 14 hours a day at work and then you get home and you have to churn out one or two videos each week for sponsorship video deadlines, it's really genuinely quite hard to make the time to read random ass PDFs that don't directly impact on these sorts of things. Hmm. And I think that's one of the problems with this whole like productivity thing is that it means that I don't, I, I, I feel like I don't have the bandwidth to explore random interests like I did when I had lo lo loads of spare time. That seems like a bad way to live, right? I'm sure there is some balance to be found between, you know, tilling the content fields and, you know, doing general interest stuff. And like, I would argue that it's short-sighted for you to just like focus on the immediate, like, okay, I need I need my two videos this week or whatever. What's it going to be? Better like, better ask Tim Ferriss. Like, it's this long-term sort of your own personal development, development of your like content brand and all this kind of stuff. Surely you should be branching out a little bit. Yes, I agree. And that's something that I think about on a weekly basis that, oh, you know, I'm doing too much of, of the same thing right now. You're, you're just, you're staying afloat kind of thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Now I feel like I'm struggling to keep my head above water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to these sponsored sponsor video deadlines, I think it's because I haven't built enough margin into my life right now. Um, there's that new book uh, or newish book that's been going around the personal development world called Margin, uh, which is all about this thing of uh, you, you know taking on too many things and therefore not being able to, as you said, 
explore the more long-termy benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, for example, this week, I didn't go to the gym once. Last week, I went to the gym like twice, uh, yeah. you know, twice. I have not cooked at home for the last like six months. I've been living off McDonald's drive throughs takeaways and, you know, dinner from the hospital restaurant. Yeah. It is getting to a point where I think that is fine for the short term. Yeah. While I still have sort of four, six, five months of this job left, um, while also having these sponsored video deadlines come up, while also doing physiology supervisions on the side. I don't think this season of life is the season in which I should really be beating myself up for not diversifying more. Okay. And so essentially I'm delaying absolutely everything until August when I'm, when I'm going to be unemployed. Because the thought I've got in my head is, oh, I won't have a job then from August. So now ah. then I'll have that 15 hours a day free time this, that I can do other stuff. This in. sounds like the deferred life. I know it does. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I think that way, I think, oh, this sounds suboptimal. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be thinking about, oh, you know, come August, then I'll be, I'll be able to do stuff. Yeah. I think the staying afloat thing and just like, just managing to keep yourself above water. My part, my past couple of weeks have kind of been like that, where it feels like almost every day there's like stuff that comes up that I have to do. Mm. And so then I don't end up like going to the gym and like even work wise, you know, there's just a bunch of tasks on my plates that I just have to do. I don't really get, I haven't really had the time to sort of zoom out too much. And it's been kind of grim, to be honest. I don't really like living like that. Yeah, I think one thing that I need to do um, is kind of start saying no to more things. So like, for example, almost any time someone emails me and says they want to grab coffee, I sort of look at my calendar and think, oh, Monday is 7 p.m. I've got I've got a slot free. All right, let's do coffee then. And I don't think about the fact that I need to prepare this physiology supervision or I need to find one day, one day a week that week to film videos or something. I just think, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And that was all fine and dandy when I had fewer things to be doing. Uh, and when I was a student where going to work was completely optional but now that sort of the actual hours in the day are, are a limiting factor i just start saying no to more of that so like mm -hmm. for example on friday i had i had a day off because after this kind of four long days i had a day off and i had breakfast with a friend in the morning and i got coffee with another friend in the afternoon and then i had coffee with another friend in sort of like mid-afternoon um and then i was teaching later that night and so like it felt like the whole day was yeah. sort of things back to back whereas if i'd cut down on the coffees with these two two people that I probably didn't need to have coffee with then maybe i would have been able to do more zooming out but it was good coffee and it was like good social interaction and stuff hmm. so i don't know i don't know where that balance is between kind of long-term thinking and short-term being like right now we need to get a sponsored video out for next week yeah okay yeah look that makes sense i um, feel like this is I, I i feel like people who do this sort of thing for too long that's when the phenomenon of burnout happens yeah because you're just sort of operating at full capacity and not really having the margin to think harder about what you're doing yeah yes that sounds good um i guess you'll do your deferred life plan despite yeah. preaching against it exactly i'm gonna have loads of more podcast topics from august yeah <laughs> <laughs> from September rather because like in August I'll, I'll need a month to sort my life out <laughs> oh, oh of course yeah yeah and then from September I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be on it with the ideas you know you might just wait till the new year you might as well yeah, wait, just yeah wait you know what 2021. <laughs> so you're basically going to give us all the podcast episodes for the next few uh few months okay yeah so I think part of the issue is that like is is sort of the content side of me not like actually curating enough stuff over the week mm. and you I don't know not reading the right stuff or whatever I think the other side is that I, I always think okay so for example I think we I think there's a few good very good potential episodes we could do but it requires a bit of organization mm -hmm. so for example i recently finished a book um called <laughs> shit what was it called <laughs> can't even remember the title it was that good uh what the hell was it called give me a sec <laughs> am i insane how can i is it not even on your kindle it is on my kindle somewhere you're literally looking at the kindle I app don't right know now how to use the app come on mate you can figure it out <laughs> library also it might have been a pdf Filter. ah it's called i'm okay you're okay right <laughs> <laughs> glad we got there in the end <laughs> all right so i recently finished this book about this groundbreaking like thing uh, called transactional analysis, which has like changed the way I think. And I think, I think that like, 
I think these ideas were kind of popular in like the 60s and 70s when they were first coming about. But I don't think most, I think like no one really knows about it anymore, apart from like a few kind of niche groups of people who do know about it. And I think this is one of the ideas that I'd like to, you know, we have a bit of a platform here on the podcast and stuff. And I would like to uh, sort of, what's the word? disseminate uh this particular like idea to preach the gospel i like transactional to, analysis. i like to, yeah i'd like to preach the gospel of transaction analysis and hopefully get it more into the mainstream however that would require i mean i think to do this really well it would require us finding someone who really knows their stuff like someone who you know, has researched this stuff or whatever to you know be a guest on the podcast and, and we discuss it with them and stuff so i i, th- I there's that and then there's a few other things where if if we just have a bit more organization about the podcast, then we could actually do some killer episodes, I think. Okay, but as in we like just the, don't... the ones that require getting other people on board. Yeah, the ones that require getting other people on board and also like revisiting, you know, the hits with other people also have, uh, joining in on the discussion and stuff. Okay, so it sounds like... Um, so. Uh, approaching this from the lens of how you would uh, figure out where the holes in a business process are, uh, which is something that I've been looking at recently with the whole growing and scaling the business and all that. It sounds like one problem is getting topic, like finding the topics to talk about in the first place. And another problem is that for some of the topics, they would definitely benefit from having an opinion other than mine and yours, because we're basically identical in most fronts. Um, And therefore that's a logistical kind of operations sort of game. Yes. So if you imagine this as a business, it's sort of, there would be a head of operations and head of logistics who would manage that side of thing and arrange yeah. kind of like a location and the sort of timings and tell us where to turn up. Yep. And then there would be some sort of system by which you can feed in topic ideas into the into the pipeline. Yep. Um, given that you have a place in London and London is generally very central, like how hard would it be to arrange like a day where I am off work and you are, <laughs> you can therefore be off work yeah. and try and kind of batch record. Yeah, I think that would be people. good. Yeah. yeah, I think London's a good kind of uh, middle point where, you know, guests can join us there and you can come down and, and we can definitely do some some cool stuff but yeah it just requires a bit of like organization ahead of time yeah and i think like given that we're both in sort of keeping head above water it's 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 hard to think about oh you know in 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 three weeks time let's schedule in this person because that would make for a good podcast episode in five weeks time yeah it's more like oh crap it's a sunday we need to find a find a topic to talk about this week yeah so i hope you can empathize with my keeping my head above water and rather than (laughs) optimizing for the long term yeah look i can but the thing that gets me is that i feel for the past couple of weeks i felt like i've just been keeping my head above water but i've still wasted a colossal (laughs) amount of time each day (laughs) it's like really bad well watching david dobrik dude i bought some david dobrik merch (laughs) (laughs) did you yeah i I think i was telling you about this i was uh i was having one of my shower youtube sessions where i lie down in the bathtub and have the shower like pouring nice hot water over my body and uh with clothes on or without clothes on without clothes on oh okay yeah uh one of those ones uh one of those showers and i was on instagram and i was watching david dobrik's story and he was like hey guys i just dropped my new merch swipe up and check it out i was like oh okay <laughs> all right and then i swiped up and then i bought some <laughs> what is, has it arrived yet what is it i think it's arriving uh, at london i think it has actually arrived so when i go back on monday or tuesday or something it's like a pink hoodie oh. it, it says clickbait on it that's his like merch brand oh that's nice yeah solid um see so yeah, i'm still pretty into that have you watched any david dobrik yet no uh, mate i've been keep, 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 keeping my head above water <laughs> yeah fine uh, okay, fine. Look, maybe this will be the week that I finally have systems for the things in my life and start writing more things down and organizing things. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so what's what are we actually talking about this week? <laughs> Having gone on for about 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, so there were a few things that I've been thinking about. Uh, so, you know, we recently moved into this new place in London and we occasionally have uh, people over. And so for the past two weeks, we've had a, a dinner party each week uh, with you know, invite over some people and have dinner and stuff and hang out. And that's made me start thinking quite a lot about about the art of gathering. 
which is a book that I'm that I'm also reading right now. Oh wow, you're reading a lot of books these days, dude. Yeah, like <laughs> three books this year. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the dinner. So uh, let's talk about the dinner party stuff, and then I, I, I want to start talking about this book. It's amazing. So two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, whatever, I had a bunch of people around. Uh, I knew, I didn't know, I knew one of them very well, and I'd met a couple of them like once or twice, and then a couple of them I didn't know at all. And so it was like this mix, a, a mixture of like people knowing each other to various degrees. Mm. Um, and I think how many people, I think there were eight people in total. And I think that was a little big, to be honest. Um, I think when we were actually, so there were sort of two parts of the evening, I suppose. There was the pre-dinner where we were sort of chilling in the sofa area and kind of talking and stuff. And I think when there's eight people, it, it, it sort of splits off into two conversations. Mm. And then there's the dinner and we have a sort of nice big dinner table, you know, that can fit like everyone on it. And then it was more like sort of one conversation, everyone sort of being part of the same energy. And I think for the, I think the, for the dinner vibes, it was pretty good because like everyone was you know talking together about the same thing and i think that's always quite nice um but i think in the on the uh the pre-dinner the sort of sofa session uh it was less good so i think maybe like i think maybe like five or six people would have been better for a for that kind of dinner for like an intimate dinner at someone's house you know? okay so you're saying eight people in the sofa vibe is naturally going to split up into multiple yeah, conversations and, and that's and the thing is also like if there's eight people okay basically i have this theory that the, the larger the group size a the more volatile the vibe and i'll explain that in a sec and b the longer the amount of time you need to spend to like become intimate right so for example okay so what do i mean by the more volatile the vibe if there, i think if there's more people like there's just more chance for the vibe to get like disrupted or shifted yeah and so um yeah I, I think it requires very good hosting um to kind of maintain it and sort of guide the vibe to and keep it in like a good place where everyone's getting more intimate and that kind of stuff whereas if it's just left to its own accord with like eight people you know a whole evening could easily go by fitting between you know random topics or whatever and not really not really like getting anywhere and like it'll be i'm sure it'll still be pleasant or whatever but like it won't really get anywhere okay and how are you defining get anywhere like uh, are, you, are you saying that the, the more intimate the better essentially oh uh, yeah partly or like yeah just by get anywhere i mean like make some progress together as a group uh, with some, some progress on what uh, on your theory about transactional analysis or on just some progress you know, honestly just some progress on anything any any continued threat <laughs> and whether that's like you know people opening up to each other about certain things or whether that's exploring a particular topic and like really getting really getting down into it or whatever but I, I just think like with larger groups it is so easy for it to just be like oh you talk about movies for a bit talk about this for a bit talk about that for a bit and now it's time for everyone to go home or whatever and like that's fine it's like it's pleasant but it's not you know it's not optimum yeah it's just it's not that meaningful okay so i think okay so you want more dmcs uh yeah dmcs sure so like i think smaller group size is better for that okay basically so i think like six people is what i'd recommend for like a dinner at someone's house um the other thing is i think there is actually something special about hosting people at your house like if for example you know we live next to a bunch of restaurants and stuff if we had you know if the eight of us or whatever had just gone to a restaurant or something it would have been a completely different vibe mm. and i think especially when you're sort of meeting new people it's much nicer to do that in the setting of someone's home so for example one of the guys uh who is there he he was sort of invited by another guy who was supposed to be there but couldn't make it and so it turned out th this guy came on his own basically and he didn't know anyone there and he didn't know me yeah. so like none of us had met this guy yeah. he, and, he, and he sort of came um, but it was still really nice because it was sort of you know 
I feel like everyone being in the in the same like intimate space kind of made that a lot nicer. Whereas if it's like some dinner at a restaurant and one of the guys literally knows no one there, yeah, that's it's like, it's much it's much odd. weirder for them and for everyone else. Whereas like I think inviting someone into your own space like that, it kind of it, it like sort immediately of, sort of supercharges that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did the guy acknowledge the weirdness of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we joked about it. Yeah, uh, okay. sure. he was yeah. like he kind of joked that like I literally know him, no one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the plus one of a guy who could make it. Yeah, it was chill. It was chill. Yeah, it was totally chill. But I think at a restaurant or something that would have been a lot worse. So I think, yeah, I mean, do you invite people over your place? You seem to have people squatting at yours a lot. Yeah, I have a lot of squatters. We 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 haven't hosted a proper dinner party in a while. Really? Why don't yeah. you do that kind of stuff? Um, I mean, we would like to. It's just again, you know, when you're struggling to keep your head above water, and when Molly and I have different like schedules and stuff, and it's rare that we're both in the house in the same evening with nothing else going on. Yeah, and we know that enough in advance to be able to invite people feasibly, as opposed to it being like a last minute last minute thing. Yeah. Then yeah, it just sort of falls by the wayside. But that's another sort of. Uh, I, th- I think we did an episode a few months ago about being intentional with social interactions and stuff. Yeah. And I basically have zero intentionality when it comes to arranging these sorts of things. Hmm. The only way I end up hanging out with people is if someone is kind of kind of reaches out to me and I'm like, oh, I've got a space in my calendar, let's hang out because that's yeah. that's easy and that's it feels productive. But uh, you know, <laughs> feels productive. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, feels productive as in it makes me feel that oh oh the, the, this is a valuable thing to do. I'm getting social interaction. This would this is going to be fun and stuff. Okay. Um, as opposed to if someone was like, if so, so someone were like, you know, why don't you watch this episode of Netflix? We'd be like, okay, you know, it wouldn't feel productive in that it wouldn't be a useful thing for my life to fine. watch Netflix, but it would be to socialize with someone. Okay, fine. That's what I mean by productive in this regard. But given that, like, the, given the logistical friction of arranging hangouts, yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of falls by the wayside when you have no margin in your life. Yeah, I think th- I think this one only came about. This one came about after like many months of me and another guy going back and forth saying, "Oh man, we should organize something." Oh man, we should do this, <laughs> and then eventually, like, I think the turning point was when we made a group chat. Yeah, and said, "All right, hey everyone, dinner at my place. Here's the time in the place. Yeah, you know, let me know if you can make it." And and I think an important thing was also that you can't be too accommodating yeah. so like it was literally like okay guys these are the two days like these are the two evenings i can do let me know which one's better for you a couple of people were like okay thursday's better for me and it was like okay it's thursday and then a few people were like oh i can't make it and that's fine yeah. they, they couldn't make it that, that was it i think if you're if you're too accommodating it just won't happen i was reading a tweet about this almost almost this exact thing which was which was saying that in like to get any kind of uh dinner type thing together when when you're an adult it's about finding one other person and then getting a time and a place and then letting other people know what's going on yeah yeah <laughs> and if they can't make it then that's fine yeah <laughs> but, and, you, and you know that at the very least the two of you are going to have a good time yeah and that's how i feel about like even now with my with my uni friends when we're arranging to hang out i'll usually message one one of the dudes individually and be like bro yeah. want to go for a brunch this day be yeah. like okay cool we've got time now at the very least even if no one else turns up i'll have a great chat yeah <laughs> and then we just kind of open invite invite, invite people to that so i think there's a lot to be said for that yeah i think that's a solid way to do it um and so another thing with this one was that okay i think this this like brings me nicely onto this book that I'm reading called oh, The Art of Gathering. Good segue. Um, because I think another thing that so I think this was eight people, which was I think bigger than I would have liked to be honest. But I think it was I think it was it was good in the end. But the, you know with the wrong eight people with the wrong mix of eight people it could have easily been less good um but i think one thing is uh that i've been thinking a lot is that 
I think we've, we've talked about this before where I think in general, there's a bit of a culture of like indiscriminate inclusivity where it's like seen as bad to be exclusionary in any way, shape or form. And I think that is, I think that's really bad for socializing. Um, so for example, there were like, you know, there were other people who kind of knew a few, a couple of the people who were at this dinner mm. who I hadn't, who I intentionally hadn't invited because it would have been like, look, we have to, you know, we can't have too many people like it's, it's already like too many people like you know you got to like contain it yeah uh the, that sort of decision making always makes me feel a bit uncomfortable inside yeah and yeah. I, I think it's just because like yeah i just think ev- everything we're told nowadays is about like inclusivity and that's obviously great that's a good thing but i think when it comes to the art of gathering it's all about exclusivity and not in a ring style exclusivity of like oh haha this is like the inner circle and screw these people but just like exclusivity of like okay different group sizes mean different things different combinations of people mean different things you know it's just going to be a different vibe um if there's more different people and so uh let, let me get my highlights up for uh the art of gathering so this is a book written by uh a woman called priya parker and essentially she has done a lot of thinking and a lot of uh working in helping people organize better gatherings gatherings it could be a wedding it could be a baby shower it could be a dinner it could be like a networking event any kind of gathering basically um that's like her thing and she's written this book about it and this book honestly was like crack for me i mean in the introduction on on page on page five of the introduction page v you know you know how they use like roman oh, numerals and things. yeah <laughs> on, on just page five i have three highlights <laughs> well, well, what are your three highlights from page five uh okay <clears throat> and and look the reason this was like crack for me was because it just validated so much of the crap that i go on about about on this podcast um okay so highlight number one was we spend our lives gathering first in our families then in neighborhoods and play groups schools and churches and then in meetings weddings town halls conferences birthday parties and so on and we spend much of that time in uninspiring underwhelming moments that fail to capture us change us in any way or connect us to one another and i think i said almost this and in much less eloquent terms a while ago and i was like man like sometimes when you hang out with your friends man it's just less good than other times you know <laughs> I, I think i would have said something like that like you know sometimes like you just hang out or whatever but like you know that kind of thing um and yeah like a lot of the, a lot of the hangouts a lot of the gatherings that we're, we're in they do fail to connect us to one another um and then she says uh, as much as our gatherings disappoint us though we tend to keep gathering in the same tired ways most of us remain on autopilot when we bring people together following stale formulas hoping that the chemistry of a good meeting conference or party will somehow take care of itself that thrilling results will magically emerge from the usual staid inputs it is almost always a vain hope and this is the whole you know being intentional about yeah, social man. interaction thing this is, this it's is, like this is some good shit <laughs> it is absolute gold um ah and here we go and uh, to end my highlights on page five <laughs> gatherings crackle and flourish when real thought goes into them when often invisible structure is baked into them and when a host has the curiosity willingness and generosity of spirit to try and uh yeah i think yeah that kind of rounds that off nicely and so and also one of the things uh let me just skip ahead to find a nice highlight for this ah so chapter two is called closed doors um and this is what i'm talking about of like you know exclusivity is the wrong word because it has like the bad connotations but just like limitations right um so she says inviting people is easy excluding people can be hard the more the merrier we are told from childhood the more souls the more joy the dutch say the more fools there are the more we laugh the french declare at the risk for at the risk of dissenting from millennia of advice along these lines let me say this you will have begun to gather with purpose when you learn to exclude with purpose when you learn to close doors um 
And she says, thoughtful, considered exclusion is vital to any gathering because over-exclusion is a symptom of deeper problems. Above all, a confusion about why you are gathering and a lack of commitment to your purpose and your guests. Uh, and so the whole, the chapter one is all about like purpose and like every gathering should have like a purpose and that kind of thing. Um, and this is like, and, and she's like advocating for excluding people based on what that purpose is. Oh, that's interesting. So like I'm sort of retrofitting that to all of the kind of uh, great inspiring gatherings that I've had over the years and thinking oh yeah in all of those there was a distinct purpose and not like explicitly defined obviously yeah 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 but like you know like what's what's like what are the great what are the great gatherings of your time <laughs> so for so, so, so for example one that one that comes to mind is uh, a couple of years ago me and like a load of friends went were, went to Singapore for some uh, medical conference type thing okay and it just so happened that on the very last day of this conference um, it's like me and two other uh, two other Muslim girls who I didn't actively go to the conference with like I, I knew them through university but you know not overly well yeah. whereas I, I i went to the conference and stayed at like you know paul's place are like my kind of best friends from medical school uh but it just so happened that you know everyone had had stuff to do and like two of them were like in relationships so they went out for blah 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 and so me and these two muslim girls just we, we just like went out to some restaurant to eat yeah. and the vibe was absolutely incredible because oh, nice. like we didn't know each other that well yeah but we had this shared background of being muslim and kind of being asian and all that all that sort of stuff yeah one of them had recently got married but and had like a kid on the way one of them was like you know uh, trying to find someone to get married to i'd i was I, th I think at the time in like two months into a relationship or something so there was just so much to talk about and the whole conversation ended up being about those shared experiences of relationships and stuff in that that context yeah and had there been anyone else at this gathering who yep. didn't share that sort of background or even had there been a fourth person i think it would have been a lot less intimate and a lot less yep. less inspiring and i i, I kind of went away from that thinking wow that was like that was that was really great yeah um and it just yeah the purpose required exclusion yes absolutely yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if there was if there was someone there who didn't share all those things, and you guys wouldn't have talked about that stuff, and you wouldn't have like connected yeah. on that level. Um, and yeah, that was part of like the reason for my exclusion at this dinner. It was like a, it was basically like a uh, a sort of brown startup bros dinner in London. Um, and so uh, yeah, there were like a few other people I knew who kind of knew some of these people, but they you know they brown, wouldn't have fit in the startup, startup bros. Thing. bros. <laughs> well, they they were brown, but they weren't startup bros. <laughs> so, yeah, like they it was like a particular thing that brought us together. And and like we didn't yeah you know, we didn't spend the whole evening talking about like startup stuff but it, it definitely like I mean that shared identity yeah it share, it, it makes a difference and this is also part look, I hate to hark on about this <laughs> do you remember that time you you visited me at university and oh, invited everyone God. over to my room yes I remember that time this is exactly why I I was against that <laughs> I think that was just like yeah that was very naive and actually here we go people who aren't fulfilling the purpose of your gathering are detracting from it even if they do nothing to detract from it this is because once they are actually in your presence, you and other considerate guests will want to welcome and include them, which takes time and attention from what and who you're actually there for. Okay, I hate to talk on about this. <laughs> Let's go back to this thing that happened like five, six years ago, whenever it was. <laughs> <laughs> where me and two two or three and uh, like three of my friends went to visit you in Oxford. Yeah. And then we went out for this like formal dinner thing with like loads of your other Oxford friends. And then it was a society dinner. It was not Tamil's fine, friends dinner. Fine, but it was in your college, right? So yeah. I mean, and so and 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 then at that point you were like, "Hey, why don't we all well, why don't the five of us uh, Okay, look. look hang, shut hang up. On. Shut up. We've talked about this on the Inner Rings episode. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. It would have been it would have been hard for us to like go back to No, my no, no. Room that's without... not what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm taking a different angle with this. But, 
fine at this point because from your lens you're hanging out with me who you weren't seeing very often and like three of my friends who were loosely who you, who you loosely know who you don't see very often and it yeah. was a good chance to have meaningful social interaction yeah. with them from my perspective i saw those guys on a daily basis <laughs> shared like a six-hour bus journey with them where we chatted and you who i saw you know and and then therefore from my perspective that interaction of me these three people that i hang out with all the time and you is nowhere near as valuable as sort of a bigger group gathering where there are people from the oxford university islamic society some of whom are potentially you know attractive females <laughs> right and the, you know just the whole from my perspective i was much more keen to get to know new people through this connection rather than just hang out with people i already hang out all right with. fine that that's why sense. it transpired that way um yes <laughs> all right fine you know a man's got to try and get married bro <laughs> gotta respect the hustle yeah okay all right let's not bring <laughs> that issue up again for at least another two episodes yeah. <laughs> um yeah so like spe- uh, yeah so i think look, we should do a proper like book review thing on this book at some point and that's when i think we should talk more about like the purpose stuff that she goes on about um oh on that note um i am do- I'm, I'm starting like a, a little book club series on my youtube channel this is like i haven't officially announced this so like you know if you're if you've gotten 40 minutes into this episode oh, it's a f- exclusive you hear it? yeah exclusive scoop a hot take um it's going to be like a book club thing where i, I talk about uh, basically you know summarizing books and talking about interesting things from books I was thinking that it would be good to actually have discussions with you and with other friends about them. Video and podcast record those discussions. Mm. And then they become bits for the YouTube video as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think for the next episode where we do a book discussion, we should arrange the logistics such that we're able to film it in decent quality. Yeah. And then that's just, you know repurposing content and stuff yeah anyway, sorry continue that sounds pretty good um so yeah being more exclusionary than we are comfortable with is very important uh the other the other thing that she uh, I know, i'm only like uh, a third of the way through the book or something the other thing that she brings up is something that i brought up i think like three episodes ago or something about i think basically i was complaining about like oh i don't like it when the tv is the focal point of the living room and stuff you know yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like whining about that and uh yeah she starts talking about that stuff and she talks in particular about like table layouts so oftentimes right so oftentimes like you know if it's like uh if it's like four people for example yeah then uh it'll be like two people on one side of the table yeah. and two people opposite yeah. them if it's five people yeah what do you think the layout uh, should be i mean there's usually like we've got here so two two and then one person on the end uh yeah yeah so so two two and two and then one one person on the end of the table is significantly better than three on one side and two on the other yeah. side because like if it's three on one side and two on the other side the third person can't is, see, yeah. yeah it's like a he's just like further away from people like d- distance wise it's yeah. just not good and b the sort of the energy isn't really contained you know it's like open yeah. you know like he's like shouting into the void on his end of the table basically whereas if it's like two and two and then one person on that side it, the energy is sort of contained is yeah. it almost makes like a circle kind of mm. thing and that makes a huge difference um and so it was quite funny this morning we just got back from uh, we had brunch with uh, you know our aunt and uncle are visiting from pakistan uh, and we all went out for brunch and there were five of us and you were on the end and it was like it was a three and the two uh, three and two situation because i mean I think restaurants and in general just don't think about this. Like if it's if it's a group of five, they don't have a table for five. They have tables for four or for six, and so they seat you on a table for six. And there was really no way we could have done uh, two and two and one on the end. We had to do a three and a two just by the layout. Mm. And I think that's very thoughtless. Um, so yeah, she look. She talks about stuff like this, which is like I mean, you, you can just you can imagine how happy it made me to read this stuff. You know, like some it made me feel like I'm not an idiot. You know, like there is something to all this crap that I've been spouting for the past couple of years. Yeah. 
can see that. Yeah. And she says, there's, there's a really cool highlight. She says, um, yeah, she says, if you're on a picnic blanket, you will hang out around your picnic blanket. It's not because there's a fence around it. It's because your picnic blanket is your mental construct. It's not about sitting on a blanket versus sitting on the grass. It's about claiming that mental space and making it yours and comfortable and safe. Oh, you know? nice. And the picnic blanket <laughs> thing is just such a good, like, an example of, like, containing the energy and stuff. Like, if you're just in a park, you know? Th this is why I want to get a coffee table for the house. Because we've got the sofa right now, and then it's sort of an, yeah, an, and an empty room. Yeah, and then you the voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sitting on the sofa, and then, like, okay, like we, we've got a chair on the desk, which, which can face the sofa. We've got another stool. We've got the piano stool. We've got the cajon, which can sort of form a circular six. But there is no coffee table. And so there is no sort of central focus upon which kind of energy can be directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd be thinking of getting a coffee table even though it would make the room look a bit cluttered. I was thinking of even getting rid of the dining table and just, just having a coffee table in the room. Right. Um, because then, like, you know, you can have, like, a little cushion and everyone can can be yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, around the coffee table. So I think I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think room design is super important. House, Actually, the, uh, the, the house by John Lewis range is, is good to cheap on. Oh, really? Yeah. Coffee table? Yeah. Nice. I, I enjoy that vibe for now. I think we shouldn't fr give free promo to... <laughs> oh, to anyone. Yeah, to anyone. Skill <laughs> Skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking. Yeah. Um, but no, I think room design is super important. And actually, our flat in London is kind of rubbish on this on this front right now because the sofa area is like I think that the sofa placement is just kind of wrong and so it's it's kind of weird because when you walk in there's like the big dining table and so I think people kind of naturally sit down at the dining table to chill out yeah. because the sofa area feels a bit too like cramped or weird or whatever um and then the, and then when you're sitting at a dining table it's it's definitely like a very different vibe to when you're sitting on sofas and stuff mm -hmm. and so you need to like yeah, there's uh, so much thought that, that needs to go into this kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so look, that is a sneak peek, I guess, of uh, a future book discussion that we'll do on The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. Uh, if you haven't read it, and I'm almost certain you haven't, you should check it out. Uh, All right, I will, I will have a read of it. Uh, yeah, you should definitely have a read of that. Cool. I think that is a good place to end this. What have we actually talked about? We, 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 we kind of whined a little bit about the, the, the meta struggles of running a podcast. Um, and then we talked about, oh, yeah, your dinner party and uh, general associated thoughts on the art of gathering. Yes. So I think like action, action points for me, uh, sort of th think about how to build more margin into my life such that I can have more of a long-term focus rather than just keeping my head above water yeah. and to think a little bit more intentionally about organizing uh, social meetups with a, some with some sort of purpose, like as the host. Mm. I should have that purpose in the back of my mind before deciding yeah. who to invite. Cool. Uh, let's read out a review as, uh, as is customary in these parts. Oh, I think we recently crossed 200 written reviews. We now have 204 written reviews and 1,164 ratings. Wow. Like, uh, star ratings. Incredible. How many one-star ratings do we have? I don't know. I think it was just the one at the start. Ah, here's an, here's an interesting review. Uh, this is from Sage E.M. Uh, from the United States of America. Uh, Sage says, You guys seriously compliment each other and makes every podcast enjoyable. Since quite a few of my friends don't enjoy having a conversation deeper than surface level, you guys make up for it and encourage me to ponder a little more. Lol. I hope to meet you both someday. Um, yeah, Sage, uh, if you and your friends are, aren't having the kinds of conversations that you want, then you should make it happen, man. You should, uh, yeah, be more intentional about the gatherings and all that kind of stuff and... Yeah, guide guide the conversation to a place that you want. I think. Yeah, and I think th that sort of thing does take real courage. Like, yeah, I, I, I remember the first. I think I I mentioned it on here. The first time that I tried this was a few months ago. Um, I was uh, in a in a gathering with like five friends, and the the thing I wanted to experiment was this idea of everyone having uh, having like the floor for five minutes and sharing uh, where they're in their life and what they're struggling with and that they like the advice of the group on. Yeah, and I felt like uh, th the way that I said it was like, right, guys. This 
this is going to sound really weird, but yeah. you know, bear with me, humor me. I was like hedging, like clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. hedging a lot and like really uh, sort of making it actively sound as of like, oh, all right, God, just kind yeah, of bear yeah. with me on this one. Yeah. Everyone freaking loved it. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> so. And uh, as it happens, chapter three of this book is called Don't Be a Chill Host. And look, I'll just read out one more highlight. Okay. It is a ubiquitous strain of 21st century culture is infecting our gatherings. It's being chill. The desire to host while being non-invasive. Chill is the idea that it's better to be relaxed and low-key, better not to care, better not to make a big deal. It is, in the words of Alana Massey's essay Against Chill, a laid-back attitude, an absence of neurosis. It presides over the funeral of reasonable expectations. It takes and never gives. Let me declare my bias outright. Chill is a miserable attitude when it comes to hosting gatherings. Oh, nice. Yeah. Keep, I'll, I'll man, keep going. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep going. It's all good. In gatherings, once your guests have chosen to come into your kingdom, they want to be governed gently, respectfully, and well. Is your laissez-faire approach really doing your guests the favor you imagine it is? Does your agenda-free meeting help the young analyst? Or does her chance of adding something useful to discussion among seasoned experts depend on her being able to prepare in advance? Does your talk to whomever you want to approach help whomever uh, sorry does your talk to whomever you want approach does your talk oh sorry <laughs> come on man. let me learn to read does your talk to whomever you want approach help the quiet no that would that i think that, that would take one. like five reasons like that should be hyphenated <laughs> talk. no no no, no. To, to be fair on prayer she hyphenated it correctly oh it's just hard to read <laughs> okay <fine. laughs> it's hard to know what's emphasized so does your talk to whomever you want approach help the quiet guests speak at all if not given a protected turn does open seating at a teacher's conference help the three newcomers who end up sitting clumped together at the end of the table every time oh I, I i love it when there's a seating plan love it absolutely love when there's a seating plan because like that's the worst thing where you like go to a thing you're like oh crap like how do i figure out like how does this work and yeah and and she she has this phrase that she calls generous authority and she says generous authority is not a pose it's not the appearance of power it is using power to achieve outcomes that are generous that are for others the authority is justified by the generosity protecting your guests is in short about elevating the right to a great collective experience above anyone's right to ruin that experience it's about willing to be a bad cop even if it means sticking your neck out and it's generous because you're doing it for your guests so that they don't have to um yeah there's a bunch more stuff oh, this sick. i've only gone like Mate. three chapters into this book i'm looking forward to a book discussion on this um this like is reminding me a lot about kind of board games nights mm, yeah. like if i'm often if i if i'm inviting people over for a gathering i will i will i will explicitly say this is just a takeaway and hangout or this is a takeaway in board games night yeah or like pizza and board games because that's just like you know it simplifies the decision of what to order because then you don't have to worry about everyone yeah. like oh i kind of want sushi today no it's pizza and board game yeah. night. <laughs> there's the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you can't make it that's fine um and then when the board games come out it's like you know it was already specified on the on the agenda that the board games were going to happen yeah um and recently what i started to do is be like oh you know i thought we'd try out this new board game I, i've heard really good things about it here we go yeah rather than so what board game should we play today yeah 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 oh i mean like oh could we, we could do articulate we could do avalon we could do monopoly monopoly it's not even a proper board game we could do Ludo, Ludo is just like yeah. RNG, all this, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, the, the issue is that like, yeah, I think this is something worth exploring and, and like learning about in more detail. It's like the general, it's like the, the the attitude of like chillness and democracy being seen as like absolute virtues and everything mm. in society nowadays. When like, you need authority, man. You need someone to say, we're playing this damn board game, all right? Like, <laughs> all right everyone if, sit down. If you lead it to consensus. Every, everyone close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you leave, leave this kind of stuff to consensus, it's just a terrible way to do things. All right, cool. I think that's a good place to end this. All right. Lack of consensus. Uh, democracy is bad. And being chill is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Authoritarianism is good. <laughs> uh, and hopefully your cold will resolve itself in the next few weeks. 
That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or DM us at nOverthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.